lockdowns manufacture psychopaths. Now, what happens is you have people who are inmates that are returning to society, right? And when they return to society without any skills to become independent or have been rehabilitated during their lockdown, guess what happens when they come home? They're likely and prone to have recidivism. They're likely and prone to commit crimes and come back to prison. Hello, I'm Pam Bailey, co-host of Voices Unlocked, which is produced by More Than Our Crimes, and my co-host today is Conrad Stewart. This is the second part of a two-part episode focusing on lockdowns, which is when an entire unit or prison is shut down. People are, are not coming out of their cells, either completely for days at a time or on a modified basis, which might mean for three or four hours here, three or four hours there. And in this second part of the episode, we're going to start with the answer to why. Why does the Bureau of Prisons do this when it has such negative effects? And in the next interview, you're going to hear some of the reasons why that happens. We were just locked down for 46 days or something like that for a threat on a staff. There's around 1,300 inmates here. So if one person decides, and come to find out, for instance, this person, there was no actual threat on the staff. They had stolen something. They didn't want any consequences, so they made this allegation. Now, when they made this allegation, it caused us to go into a disciplinary lockdown where we're locked down all day, all night, and we only come out for 10 to 15 minutes every two or three days to take a shower. That's it. No access to law library, no access to programs, no access to religious services, which is ultimately a violation of our constitutional rights. So Artavius, I just want to pause and say Artavius's last name is Love. So in prison, he's just known as Love. I still like that idea. <laughs> Maybe you'll hear that. He's got a lot of spirit in his voice when you talk to him on the phone. But what he was just talking about illustrates the principle of collective punishment. So very often when there's a disciplinary lockdown, it's not because you had a riot that everybody was participating in. Very often it's because there was an incident between two people or just a couple of people, and then they end up punishing everybody. And Artavius explains why that's actually not effective. It doesn't work. It doesn't make everybody try to police each other, for instance, because it keeps happening again and again. Then they lock you down, you know, even though, like, I'm not in a gang. I don't participate in any type of behavior like that. I've never been uh, disciplinary for disobedience or any type of reports like that. But everyone is grouped in the same category as an inmate, and we all suffer the same consequences, which is not, it's counterproductive to Discipline because it's like, for instance, say you have brothers and sisters, and if you do something wrong, you and your brothers and sisters get punished. Now, the behavior that you're going to display is affecting them, so it's sort of kind of like not a punishment because you're there with other people who are being punished because of your behavior. Now, for instance, say when you do something wrong, you're punished, and your brother and your sister goes on with life as normal. The ramifications or the channels, the outlets of your behavior causes you to think about the repercussions because you're witnessing life going on. You're witnessing the normalcy of life through your brother and sister. So it really doesn't help if one person does something, everybody gets locked down. There's no motivation to prevent them from doing something again because we're all going to be in the same boat anyway. It, it just is counterproductive. 
So you heard that another common reason for lockdowns, especially now, the staffing shortages. That's what the unions talk about a lot. And it's definitely a problem across the system. And they really need to start looking at uh, why people don't want to work in the federal prisons. But there's also a lot of other sort of seemingly humorous reasons for the lockdowns. Staff appreciation days. It's foggy. Now, the, the reason when it's foggy is that they think that if they let people out, like into the rec yard, they won't be able to see if somebody escapes if it's foggy. So that's another reason. I actually recently heard from Hazleton that they were going to lock everybody down on a particular day because the staff wanted to watch the big football game. <laughs> another reason, though, that's becoming increasingly common, and you're going to hear about that in the next bite, is that when the hole or the shoe, which I mentioned, is that's where people are often sent for punishment, but also... I guess I'll mention that the shoe is also where somebody goes when somebody checks in. Normally, that means they're going there for protective custody, like maybe they have a debt, for instance, and they can't pay it back to another prisoner. And so they're afraid. But they so also, they, they, they also take individuals, and I experienced myself because I was victim of this for real. They had take a person and lock them down saying for their own safety. Right. Prison has a lot of politics. Like I said before, I was the imam spiritual leader of the community down there and it's a lot of politics dealing with the SIS. SIS is the Special Investigation Service. They're like the uh, FBI of the institutions and they take, like, you know, they took me and locked me down for my own safety because they said they was getting a rack of notes. Now, notes is they getting a lot of information, right? Basically, they getting information that somebody gonna do something to an individual. So, by me being a spiritual leader, they said, we're going to lock you down for my own safety. Now, there's no special accommodations now. I'm in there just like anybody else who did a disciplinary infraction or who violated uh, an institutional policy, which is crazy to me. But, yeah, that's not the only reason. But there's many, many well, reasons. Well, but, and what's crazy policy. is just to talk about those check-ins. So, so, yes, as you heard, check-ins can be either you do it to yourself or they do it for your protection. But what's happening at Hazleton, where, which is where Donald and Brooke are from, what's actually happening there is so bad. It's known as Misery Mountain, as I mentioned. It's so bad that when buses of people arrive from another prison, they don't want to be in Hazleton, so they immediately check in. They said, I'm not, that's the only way to force a transfer to a different prison. That's how crazy it is. But here's what happens. When the shoe or the hole is full, what do you do when they want to send somebody else there? Well, what they're starting to do is lock down an entire unit of people because of maybe one person in that unit who should have been in the shoe. And that's what he talks about next. Well, the way they have it set up here is, they tell us that the shoe is consistently being full. So if a person comes in and catches an infraction that would normally send them to the shoe, because the shoe is full, they'll house him on a specific unit. Because this inmate is being housed in this unit, that complete unit is locked down. So just take, uh, what is the day? The day is Friday, just take Wednesday. Wednesday, we had a total of seven units locked down on this compound because they had guys who maybe have checked in for protective custody reasons, or they may have had guys who broke institutional infractions housed in their units instead of being housed inside of the shoe. So this is seven units that's not in operation, yet you're still telling us you're short of staff. So we talked earlier about how um, all the different reasons why somebody would go to the shoe or the hole. But because there's so many different reasons why they're going, it's full. What do they do then if somebody needs to go there or they want to send somebody there? Well, that person will remain in the unit, but they lock the entire unit down then. Just because one person is in the unit that should be in the hole. 
you may be thinking, yeah, that sounds really bad, but um, they committed a crime. Maybe they deserve it. Why should you care about all these lockdowns? Well, Octavius talks about that. When you lock someone down and you isolate them, right? So what happens is you isolate them from social and physical engagement. Now, when you do that and then someone displays aggressive antisocial and physical behavior, that's a clinical definition for a psychopath, right? So number one, lockdowns manufacture psychopaths. Now, what happens is you have people who are inmates that are returning to society. And when they return to society without any skills to become independent or have been rehabilitated during their lockdown, guess what happens when they come home? They're likely and prone to have recidivism. They're likely and prone to commit crimes and come back to prison. This revolving door stimulates the economic growth of penitentiaries and facilities in America. Number one, facilities. Oops, where are you? I lost you. Hello? I can't, I can't hear you anymore. And from that point on, whenever Artavius tried to call me back and finish the interview, we were cut off again. On that note, we're going to end today's episode. We thank y'all for tuning in. Could y'all please remember to subscribe to Voices Unlocked? And we'll see y'all next time.